Good morning, everyone. Today's podcast is brought to you by Argus Media, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. COVID-19 has affected commodity markets across the globe, and residue is no exception. Despite the impact of IMO 2020's cap in sulfur, and now of COVID-19, it seems that heavy products still are finding outlets, and some of them have actually showed a good price resilience. My name is Alfonso Barocal, Business Development for Oil Products at Argus, and today with me is Robert Harvey, Deputy Editor and Enes Tunagur, Senior Reporter. Both will help us to understand how COVID-19 has impacted prices and supply demand of the so-called bottom of the barrel. Rob, let's start with uh, video. IMO 2020 was already posing a challenge for VGO market uh, due its demand for the gasoline blending pool as well as for the VLSFO pool. How uh, VGO has behaved after uh, IMO 2020 implementation and have we seen different, a different impact on the supply demand on prices between the high sulfur VGO and the low sulfur VGO? Uh, yeah, hi Alfonso and uh... Good morning, everyone who's tuned in. Um, so, yeah, as you say, uh, IMO 2020 already posed a huge challenge to dirty products markets uh, long before uh, we knew about COVID-19. Um, and uh, that extends, obviously, to uh, to VGO as well. Um, previously, always a refining feedstock uh, where low sulfur VGO was typically converted in uh, FCC units to create more gasoline um, and high sulfur uh, hydrocracked uh, to create more diesel in a refinery. Um, but uh, with the sudden um, demand for low sulfur marine fuels uh, from 3.5% sulfur down to 0.5% sulfur, um, lots of 0.5% uh, sulfur VGO um, was being uh, sold into the marine pool for blending into IMO compliant fuels, uh, which creates a kind of uh, pool between the typical traditional kind of gasoline uh, production market for VGO and also now this new marine market. Um, so what happened then is that, um, as you can imagine, especially uh, because 0.5% uh, fuel oil became the principal marine fuel. Um, there was a couple of options in the market uh, in uh, the run-up to January. wasn't too sure whether uh, marine gas oil would be uh, the main marine fuel or if indeed uh, these new 0.5% fuel oil um, fuels and blended fuels would, would take over the uh, marine market as, as the leading product. Um, well, contrary to some people's expectations, 0.5% um, fuel oil actually took off as the major marine fuel, um, which created a huge amount of demand for this product. Um, and as a result, lots and lots and lots. In fact, you know, anecdotally, all, all low sulfur VGO production should have been sold into um, the marine pool. Uh, and, you know, winter is also a time when gasoline is in its off season, basically. Therefore, we saw a large detachment between uh, low sulfur VGO values which were being blended into the marine pool at huge premiums and the gasoline margin which traditionally drives its prices. Um, so low sulfur VGO hit around a 13 to 14 dollar premium to Brent Futures in January 
um, and uh, that pushed it way above high sulfur VGO with uh, the high low sulfur spread reaching even four to five dollars in northwest Europe uh, in in January compared to you know a normal level of around anything from flat to a dollar or two basically so it's a big jump um, because of that extra pull uh, from the marine pool for low sulfur VGO demand um, and at the same time I mean the slower than expected uptake in uh, marine gas oil compared with uh, 0.5 fuel uh, also pressured high sulfur VGO because that as I said before is is created uh, used to create um, middle distillates in hydrocracking units so um, that also likely, you know, pushed one up and, and uh, the other down. Um, but a sulfur spread of around four or five dollars in, in Northwest Europe was even uh, quite a bit narrower than some forecasts uh, at the time. Um, and actually, there were some factors which uh, benefited high sulfur uh, VGO, even though MGO uptake wasn't uh, quite what a lot of people forecasted it to be. So uh, one factor was around um, December. We had uh, all of the French strikes, which took out a lot of refining capacity in a very big diesel market. Um, so created some need uh, for the refineries that were still working to uh, produce uh, diesel by running their hydrocrackers very hard. Um, and also that um, as refiners uh, rejigged their feedstock slate ahead of the legislation uh, by refining lighter, sweeter crudes, um, in order to achieve some kind of balance in the refining slate, because certain units just need sulfur, um, they would import high sulfur feedstocks uh, to balance with lighter, sweeter crude. So that created some uh, new IMO demand there as well. And the only other thing maybe worth mentioning to do with IMO um, is that traditionally VGO is uh, exported by Europe and the US Gulf is the biggest uh, buyer of the product. It has a very high upgrading capacity and therefore needs these additional feedstocks to feed its secondary units. Um, and that arbitrage uh, routes basically dried up earlier this year, um, just 220, 275,000 tonnes per month in January to February, compared with an average of around 820,000 uh, per month across the whole of 2019. Um, and that came as uh, US Gulf refiners also closed FCCs to divert their VGO production into marine, which was the premium market. Um, and also, you know, the demand in Europe for 0.5 fuel oil was so strong that refiners needed to um, they needed to uh, keep the VGO locally as well for for the marine market there. So it, it created a kind of regionalization of of VGO as well. Okay, well that that, that explained the uh, the dynamics brought by the um, IMO IMO 2020. Uh, thanks, thanks, Rob. But what how how this uh, shifted once uh, uh, COVID-19 uh, outbreak uh, appeared in, in in Europe and and what what has been the um, the impact of of the uh, crude contango uh, on the uh, on the video uh, on the video market. Uh, right. So everything was basically, I mean, across the entire barrel and all oil markets, uh, COVID-19 really turned everything on its head. Um, and the same applies to uh, the residual um, fuels as well. So uh, the high-low spread, uh, in which had blown so wide uh, in, in sort of December, January, you know, early this year time, um, really flattened around nothing um, as 
refining demand and, and products margins crashed across the barrel. Uh, so there were no um, particular margins really other than diesel um which which were performing particularly well um i mean demand for road fuels in countries that were hit quite severely by the uh pandemic such as italy spain and france were down you know considerably um on the year in in march and april around 50 70 percent um and uh you know as a result this sharp drop in oil products demand meant that a lot of refiners across the continent uh, shut down uh, entirely even in some cases or uh, were operating at the very minimum rates uh, which which they could basically. Um, as a result uh, that also means that there's a hit to uh, VGO demand therefore as a, as a refining feedstock. So um, the 0.5 fuel oil prices co- collapsed um, ag- against Brent. The crack uh, was around $22 per barrel in early January. And by early April, this was just $1.68 even. So there's a huge collapse there in, in uh, 0.5% fuel oil values. And um, that naturally uh, t- removed the additional support that low sulfur VGO was getting. Um, and at the same time, gasoline was doing even worse. So I mean, we had uh, Eurobob at record lows and uh, consequently the crack against crude at record lows as well as the lockdown restrictions uh, across the continent meant that you know people's movement was incredibly restricted and there was just much less consumer demand for these fuels. Um, and yes, so uh, that's how we arrived at a situation where uh, something like 15 European refiners had made cuts or shut down entirely and something like uh, around 19 to 22% of total capacity in Europe was offline actually um, at one point. That's how COVID has impacted uh, the supply and demand fundamentals of VGO um, and that also uh, reflected in the prices which you know from these big highs I was just talking about uh, in early January collapsed to actually their lowest on record. So um, the differentials to Brent futures flipped to discounts um, and and reached their lowest discounts uh, since Argus assessments began mid to late April. So when very little oil products demand in the downstream and therefore upstream demand also suffers naturally as a refining feedstock VGO uh, also came under a lot of pressure at that time. To address uh, your other point, Alfonso, about the contango uh, in the in the market as well, that also had an impact on uh, the VGO market and the fundamentals there. Um, so the extreme decrease in oil products demand uh, because of the pandemic and lockdowns associated with it, um, the demand for oil on the spot market really, really collapsed and, and that uh, pushed the prompt prices much lower than Values loading further forward on the uh, on the futures market forward curve, uh, which is known as contango. Um, contango usually makes it very profitable to store uh, oil products, and the steeper um, the contango is, the more storage options become available. For example, floating storage, um, where uh, y- you can charter ships to just sit on the ocean and store oil products after they've loaded. Um, that's something we even saw 
uh, with VGO, with a Suez Max tanker booked in the Mediterranean to store VGO. So that's around 140,000 tons, uh, which is uh, a, a large quantity uh, of the product to load, given that um, usual cargoes load in around 30,000 tons and the uh, larger shipments to the US are usually around 55,000 tons. So it's a really, uh, you know, substantial amount of the product. And I think that uh, shows how weak the end user demand for gasoline and diesel were um, that so much VGO could be put into floating storage because the actual refining demand for the products at that time was so weak. Um, the other uh, thing I'd just like to touch on quickly with the Contango is that um, because of the differential in timing between uh, Brent futures, um, which is what VGO prices as a differential against, and uh, the spot and obviously dated crude benchmark, uh, which refiners would buy and price their crude against, um, that also impacts uh, the refining economics for VGO as well, because uh, North Sea dated is a spot benchmark, so it's for car crude cargoes trading now, um, and uh, Brent futures is the front month is uh, a month ahead. So there's a differential in timing there with uh, North Sea dated prompter than the front month Brent contract, which because of the contango really widened out. Um, so if you're pricing your crude against dated, um, then VGO priced against Brent is on an outright basis much more expensive and therefore uh, becomes less economical to run, especially at a time when uh, all the gasoline margins um, and all oil products margins were uh, really poor. So um, there's also a kind of competition element there with other feedstocks, uh, principally crude oil. That's great, uh, Rob. And um, just to um, to finish with VGO, what what is the situation now that the uh, some of the countries start to come out of the uh, uh, lockdowns? Do we do we foresee a, a recovery? Um, well, that's hard to say. Um, we're seeing slight recoveries in demand at retail stations, for example, in countries such as Germany and Austria, which were among the first to uh, roll back their their lockdowns. Um, in theory, uh, greater gasoline demand should boost um, VGO demand uh, back into the refining pool for FCCs um, on the low sulfur side. Um, but I think the the gasoline recovery in Europe isn't yet to take off really quite in the same way that um, it, it has in the in the US Gulf, where the EIA stats have been quite promising for uh, a few weeks in a row now, looking at um, improvements in implied demand um so the result of that is that we could just see uh more vgo um head transatlantic uh from european russian terminals to uh to the us gulf where the gasoline demand is already uh a bit more pronounced um and indeed uh, in the market this is something uh we've actually been seeing in may that um quite a lot of supplies have bypassed Northwest Europe and the Mediterranean and, and headed straight to the Gulf. Um, however, an, an, another thing which could be making uh, European refiners more hesitant to uh, switch all these cracking units back on is, is instability as well. Um, as I said, you know, without a real strong gasoline recovery just yet in Europe, um, 
it, it could be the case that refiners are are maybe looking to wait a bit longer and and see how things pan out over the coming weeks before making decisions to switch these units back on because um, the last thing you'd want is to turn a cracking unit back on for something to happen which would really pressure gasoline again and you'd basically have to switch the unit off again just after you restarted it um, and added to which uh, the very low sulfur fuel oil margins and the gasoline margins have really kind of converged uh, in in the last couple of weeks so as opposed to in in the IMO world in January, um, there's no clear favourite anymore on uh, what the what the prime outlet for your low sulphur VGO should be. So um, to to cut a long story short, I think the market's in a state of flux at the moment, um, and you know, the contango has basically disappeared um, as well. So that makes storage uh, no longer viable especially as uh, tank storage is also uh, full in Europe as well, virtually. Um, so with with little storage uh, opportunities anymore and still weak margins and no real clear favourite in the margins, I think it's um, a real period of, of kind of uncertainty. And I think that's why I say we're in a, a bit of a state of flux at the moment, maybe waiting for a bit more clarity down the line. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Rob. Um, and uh, we would like now to switch the the, uh, the discussion to to high sulfur fuel oil. We we uh, we're going to address our questions to uh, NS uh, uh, or fuel oil uh, specialist. Um, uh, NS, during the uh, last quarter of uh, 2019, uh, we saw a high volatility and and a strong uh, depreciation in the uh, high sulfur fuel oil crack values. Uh, it seems back then that the market was getting ready uh, to supply the uh, compliant, uh, uh, very low sulfur fuel oil, the the, the fuel point point five. And uh, however, during during the first quarter of 2020, the uh, the HSFO crack uh, rallied back. Uh, what factors do you think that uh, have supported the trade and the prices of the HSFO during the uh, during the first quarter of 2020 during this first? months and and how the fuel oil is uh, behaving after after COVID-19. Hi Alfonso, hi. Thanks thanks for having me. Um, just just to give a give a bit of a background on what happened to high sulfur fuel oil refining margins in the in the fourth quarter. I, I should say that as 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 we all know, European refiners were preparing for IMO 2020 and they either uh, invested in some um, coker units to get rid of the heavy residual stuff from their refineries and some other refineries also changed their crude slates to reduce their exposure to high sulfur fuel oil and that actually tightened the market ahead of the fourth quarter for high sulfur fuel oil and we were seeing high sulfur fuel oil cracks being really strong despite expectations before the fourth quarter. This was quite an unexpected situation for the HSFO market. But once this fourth quarter started, we saw a quick depreciation of HSFO cracks, as you mentioned. And this was the obviously the result of refineries getting ready for IMO 2020 and the demand was obviously going down for the product because 
um, some of the largest bunkering ports stopped um, storing this product in the fourth quarter. So that just meant that cracks were obviously a lot weaker. So in the fourth quarter, we we saw this depreciation. And obviously in the in, in the first quarter of 2020, people expected this to continue. But what people weren't expecting, I guess, was U.S. refineries ramping up their purchases of high sulfur fuel oil and high sulfur straight run fuel oil as, as a feedstock for their secondary units to, to, to get some cleaner products out of it. So this unexpected demand for HSFO actually meant HSFO cracks were a lot resilient than a lot, uh, many people thought. So quite interestingly, we we actually saw a quick recovery of HFO cracks in the in the first quarter of 2020. So, the all nearly all of the losses that HFO incurred in the fourth quarter were were gone in the, the recovered in the first quarter of 2020. So, the I guess the main reason behind this in the in the physical market is, as I said, the U.S. refineries buying more HFO from directly from Russian Baltics, and that that meant, as I said, the cracks have been a lot lot stronger. And coming to coming to um, the second quarter, we, as U.S. refineries were actually buying a lot more HFO. And in March, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the HFO shipments from Russian Baltics to the U.S. Gulf actually hit two million tons in March 2020, which was, which was, if you compare those numbers with what Singapore, the world's largest bunker hub, was buying from Europe back in 2019, it was almost at the same level. And this is quite surprising because Singapore um, consumes around four million tons of uh, marine fuels each month. So that's that makes it the largest bunkering hub in the world, and so this was quite unexpected. So we we saw U.S. displacing Singapore as the largest fuel oil buyer from Russia and Europe um, at the end of the first quarter. But in the second quarter, as um, COVID-19 started affecting the markets, um, we saw that in mid-April margins were actually reaching their highest levels for HFO against heavy crudes because um, the OPEC plus agreement also collapsed and that um, pushed heavy crude prices down quite sharply. And that actually moved HFO to a premium against the Euros crude, which was, which was really unexpected in 2020 with, with the IMO 2020 rules, but it happened. And that, that actually meant that U.S. refineries had to stop buying HFO as a feedstock for a while in April. But once the um, once OPEC Plus reached another agreement and stopped uh, started reducing supply, we saw a reversal of the situation and HFO moved back to a discount to euros. And now I think we. We started seeing more more flows again to from Russian Baltics to U.S. Gulf of high sulfur fuel oil. So that meant, I think, now with the HFO cracks becoming a lot weaker than what they were last month, 
now we're starting to see more demand from U.S. coming in. Uh, it seems like the market will um, remain on a tight spot because despite the expectations, as I said, there's still some demand for the heavy, heavy product. Okay, uh, uh, absolutely, uh, and it's, that's that's very good. And um, what about the um, the scrubbers? This uh, uh, is is one of the great uncertainties uh, in the uh, high sulfur fuel oil market. Uh, the implementation of, of of scrubbers, particularly in big big ships. Uh, do you think that that have these scrubbers have had an impact on the uh, uh, a positive in the impact in the in the HSFO demand as a bunker product in in the European ports? Well, absolutely, Alfonso. Yeah, definitely, the scrubbers did have an impact on HSFO. As back in 2019, some some ship owners obviously invested in scrubbers to continue burning HSFO, which they thought the price was going to be right, but with the resilience of HSFO, we, we saw that HSFO prices versus 0.5 fuel oil prices have been quite close recently, but still that doesn't change the fact that many ship owners are actually invested in scrubbers and that definitely is supporting the HSFO demand in some of the largest bunkering hubs such as um, Singapore, Fujaira, Rotterdam, and some of the other places around the world. So it's it's obviously having a having a big impact. And to 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 give you some numbers on this, in in Rotterdam, which is Europe's largest bunkering port, still ne nearly nearly 30% of all marine fuels are are still high sulfur fuel oil, and that goes to show that many several ship owners are still using scrubbers and and especially on on some of the oil tankers and, and even the larger oil tankers such as very large crude carriers so-called vlcc's the the share of scrubbers on these vessels are a lot higher than other uh, other vessels and that's affecting the market in a in a great way so that's pushing up hfo demand but as i mentioned earlier with the high sulfur fuel oil and 0.5 fuel oil prices converging at this point of time, we're seeing some ship owners actually um, dropping their their orders and just going to the spot market to purchase marine fuels because actually in the in the in January 2020 we saw high sulfur fuel oil and 0.5 fuel oil prices um, having a spread of $300 per ton. Obviously, uh, 0.5 fuel oil was at a premium. And today, we saw that spread narrow to just $60 per ton, which is, um, I think th this, this was something nobody expected. And this actually means your scrubber investment will uh, pay back a lot a lot further down down the calendar so i think this is the, and this is uh, demonstrated in some of the orders of of scrubbers if you if you look at some of the largest manufacturers such as wartsila you see that their orders are down because of the narrower spread between these two fuel oils so i think 
long story short, if if you look at the price spread between high sulfur fuel oil and very low sulfur fuel oil, you see that scrubber installations will drop going going forward. But still, as as some ship owners already invested in these, we we will continue seeing some some demand for HFO from from the marine fuels market, and yeah, I think that that sums up the situation with scrubbers. Thank you, thank you, and as that that makes obviously total total sense. Um, well, thank you very much, uh, uh, Rob and and Ennis, and and thank you of course for tuning in uh, to our Argus podcast. If you're interested in reading more news uh, uh, or stories about the impact of, of IMO 2020 or the coronavirus outbreak in the world economy and commodity markets, please log on uh, onto the Argus uh, Coronavirus Hub. Uh, or if you are interested in a trial or a copy of the uh, Argus European products, please go to www.argusmedia.com. Uh, slash uh, oil products and uh, thank you very much